0: Welcome to La Pausa Pod. This week, myself and Jamie are going to discuss the high flying athletic Bilbao. They just beat Real Sociedad in the league and then went and beat Alavés in the Copa del Rey the other day. They're unbeaten now in 14 games and haven't lost since losing to Barcelona back in October. They've only actually lost three times this season to Real Madrid, Real Sociedad in September, and Barcelona. We're going to discuss whether or not we see them returning to the Champions League, where their improvement has come from this season, and some comments on the Basque Derby against Real Sociedad, which they pretty much dominated from start to finish. And then we're taking a risk because we're going to talk about Barcelona. It feels like a situation that's spiraling out of control for Xavi. And a report after the Clasico defeat in the Spanish Super Cup final says he is losing some of the dressing room. The reason it's a risk is because they're playing the Copa del Rey like, uh, last 16 game against Unionistas tonight, which is Thursday, which is when we're recording and when we're going to publish the the podcast. But we're assuming they're going to win that game, but not all is uh, black and white right now in, in in the land of Barcelona, Jamie.
1: No. Um, it's uh, It probably says it all that we're a bit worried that things might take a worse turn after playing Uni on And I, I just read that the pitch is not looking very good. So Chavi's going to be in a great mood, uh, it, even even more so if uh, the surface is is uh, you know, not very apt for football. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. if
0: well, at least he has an excuse. <laughs> anyway, it was a pretty strange start to the year with a couple of La Liga fixtures, some Copa del Rey, and then the Spanish Super Cup thrown into the mix. How have you been managing, Jamie? Uh, for those for those of you listening, Jamie works on the data insights team, so you you're probably been busy with the Afcon and and all the rest of it too, no?
1: Yeah, I was. I was just thinking yesterday actually that there's just there's just too much football on to try and keep track of in, in Spanish football. I've I've not seen any of the. Copa games this week so far. I um, will watch Barcelona and Madrid derby tonight, but yeah, I've just just not had time. There's just too much football. I, I don't know. We're meant to keep track of this. I, I agree with the players. We should get rid of the the uh, enlarged calendar, but just from my own selfish perspective so I can keep track, track of these teams.
0: Let's say uh, get started with Athletic Bilbao. As I said at the start, there are 14 games unbeaten, so they won 11 and drawn 3. There are the, only two teams who are ranked top five for both goals scored and fewest goals conceded, and that's Athletic Bilbao and Real Madrid in La Liga this season. And Athletic Club are also third for both xG and xG against. This is just, as they say in Spain, a very serious team.
1: <laughs> yeah, very serious. Um, at their best, they they're probably the most brutal team to play against. I think at least when you go to San Mamez, because they're just just steamrolling teams. The momentum of play they have is just unbelievable. It feels like they're they're playing downhill at times and there's just no way of of stopping them. Even with Iñaki Williams at AFCON now, uh, in the Basque Derby, they were were still able to replicate that effect. And I think what impressed me most from that game as well is that they they can kind of beat you in a fight and they can also beat you strategically. Now, obviously, we know that they're a, a really good transition team. As soon as they recover a loose ball, it feels like they they're just off to the races. But even guys like um, Inigo Ruiz de Galareta, who's who's come in, he he's, he's kind of diminutive, but he stood up as well as anybody in the derby, I think, and we you know we've got some stats on the amount of duels and all the things that went into that game. That was if you can survive that game and sort of handle yourself in midfield, that's um it's probably about as tough as it gets really and he combined that with just precision on the ball, really good passer, creative effect. So I feel like they've just got a lot of ways to do damage at the moment.
0: They were there, were there was two hundred and eighty eight duels in that game, which is the second most in a game this season in La Liga. Only Mallorca and Celta Vigo had more, which just happened to be on the same weekend as the uh, Basque Derby, and so yeah, a really combative game. There was um eight point four seven joules per foul. The ref really, I thought he did really well to keep it under control. And while there was loads of duels and there was there was there was loads of uh, aggression in the game, th- this is what what you were saying about Athletic Club in that they're they're well capable of mixing it physically, but at the same time they don't necessarily needed to be like that in order to to, to win like uh, you you look at a team like getafe and and that's basically what they who they are they they kind of have they need to play in that kind of a game whereas athletic club are like getafe without the histrionics they don't go in search of it but if, if, if it happens to land on their doorstep they're more than willing to to, to mix it up and yeah, you you were saying there about Iñaki. I mean, he was gone, and Alex Berenguer came in, scored two goals, and it's they just they just didn't miss a beat, really.
1: No, no, and um, it's um, yeah, it's it's funny to think of why it's taken such a dramatic turn. I think we can we can't really ignore the fact that they they're not playing in European football as as Real Sociedad have. I think if you went into the alternate reality where Atletico are in the Champions League and Real Sociedad are not, I think you could probably turn the tables because these are two very good teams. Um, I think they probably caught Real Sociedad in a, a down period of the season where they're lacking freshness. They And they're lacking bodies as well. I mean, to see them bring on Maguna Salaya and uh, John Dadier, to basically unproven um, well, not unproven, but players pretty fresh out of the academy in a game like this when they needed to change the tides said a lot that they don't really have the resources at the moment to, to compete 100% in these types of games. So It, it was a bit, a bit of both really. Ath- Athletic are in uh, as Alguerseal said, the most informed team in La League at the moment and they caught Russell at a bad mm. moment. So th- those two things made it, uh, although it finished 2-1 pretty resounding from Athletic
0: yeah, I thought so. They dominated from from the start to the finish, um, and, and and just just to touch on Real Sociedad there, they they it looks like they're about to sign Geraldo Becker um, from Union Berlin, and he is is that an admission that they need a striker because they did look completely out of sorts a, against uh, Athletic Bilbao, and the one of their strongholds is midfield with Zuby Mendy, Michael Moreno, and Bryce. Uh, Mendes, they just completely swallowed them up in in the middle of the field. Um, Athletic Club did. Bryce had just forty two touches. That's his fewest touches in a game which he has played more than thirty minutes in this season. Zubi Mendy was completely overrun. Both uh, defensively, he, he he was having to cover Ryan Sanset and then and then, uh, Guruseta was dropping off, and then in an attack too he he couldn't get involved either so do you and I, I do think it is because of European football probably that athletic club have the freshness and and they're not having to kind of keep their eye keep an eye on um over their shoulder on on what's coming around the corner but are you worried for Real Sociedad at the moment
1: um no not really um for, for them, I, I don't think their performances are, are that much different to last season. I think the base levels are very well established at Real Sociedad. And Alguacil was... I saw him speaking last night, actually, and he was saying that it basically pains him to see people question um, the performances or, or more in terms of uh, attitude and commitment because that, that has never changed for Real Sociedad. They just... They're in a moment of fragility in terms of their squad and probably l- lack of finishing as well. Um, but for Real Sociedad, I think you probably... We praise them a lot for how much they use the academy, but th- the truth is it's starting to look a little bit thin now because they're, they've got massive competition in La Liga now with Athletic and Girona appearing at the top end. They've got PSG next in the Champions League. Obviously, they've been very good in Europe this season, but to, to manage that rhythm of games across the season, maintain the levels that they've shown, when your, your next guys up are pretty much academy players who are still, you know, they've not had a lot of exposure yet. Guys like Benyat Turrientes, he's a great player. I think he will have a, a good career, but still just not quite there yet. Probably a year away from being a really solidified member of the team, so... Yeah, Um, Geraldo Becker, I don't know whether he's going to play up front or on the wing. He's played both for Union Berlin this season. Um, But they definitely needed a a player in there because you watch Zacharyan playing on the right in the Bass derby and he he looked pretty lost and they just lost all sense of being able to to break in transition. They had no speed. The difference between when Athletic won the ball and the, the rhythm that they could attack the opposition goal with compared to Real Sociedad was just just crazy without Kubo, so yeah, he's, um, obviously we've not seen a lot of him, but probably a necessary player to bring in.
0: A very strange situation in general, just a final point on Real Sociedad, so Andre Silva started last night, Wednesday night, against Osasuna in the Copa, and just hasn't been convincing at all, And, and Umar Sadiq, who was on international duty, he went to AFCON to play with Nigeria and he came back and said that he, apparently he's injured, but then he was on the bench last night and yeah, so a really strange one there. He hasn't played all that much and it looks like that that knee injury is is just kind of lingering for him. He's never really come back since that, so yeah, I think they do need an injection or something in attack, but Back to Athletic Club. Um, obviously Valverde was there last season too. What What do you think are the main reasons behind Athletic Club's improvement this season?
1: Um. Yeah, I, w- I was just going to say we we went off on a real Sociedad tangent, but we'll we'll circle back to Athletic now. Um. Mm. To me, I I the first four things that came to mind for me were the firstly that they've. They've eliminated the kind of doubt and conversation about how to use, mostly Iñaki Williams, but the pair of them together, uh, him, him and his brother. So the appearance of Guru Seta as the striker, he, he's not the number nine, that athletic... Um, uh, how would you say? He's, he's not the stereotypical athletic striker like Aduriz, who was just a bathroom ram and could score you Fifteen plus goals a season, uh, consistently, but he's facilitated a lot as um, a player who can drop out. He's actually got a nickname of, of Benzema uh, from some of his teammates because he—you can see that in his game where he's—he's he's a number nine, but he likes to be involved and, and do things like a number ten. And l- like you said, him dropping out of that front line gave nightmares for Zubi Mendy in the derby because he had you know him on one side and Sanset on the other, who were both playing superbly so they they create big advantages from that and the Williams brothers run beyond so that's uh that's yeah it's it's tough for everybody to handle that
0: so you're saying there about Inyaki Williams and, and I completely agree D- do you ever think that people thought that Inyaki's position was number 9 or was it just the fact that they didn't have someone to play replace Aderez when he left and now they finally have Inyaki back where he he probably rightfully belongs or 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 and they've they've backed guruseta who to be fair yeah plays like benzeman that he drops off and all that but isn't the kind of like you said a 15 goal a year striker either so do, do you think that it's the fact that Inyaki is has always belonged there it's just that they didn't really have anyone to to Play as a striker, so he ended up getting launched in there,
1: yeah, probably because we know Athletic don't have a big pool of players to select from, so there's periods in there, you know, across certain generations where they just don't really have an answer for certain positions. We know that, um, but but yeah, I, I would agree because I think Iñaki has always been better attacking from out to in rather than playing as a striker who runs the channels because he, he kind of runs into dead ends quite a lot, and we know he's not the, the best finisher in the world. So, well, yeah, I, I like what they've done with both Williams brothers this season, where they're, they're not playing as touchline wingers, they're mixing up their runs inside a lot, and you can see it in the back lines uh, of teams they play against, there's, there's a lot of confusion about who to pick up, and with the speed that those guys move at, if, if you don't get the timing right, you're you're running backwards very quickly, so I would agree. And is in his position that he should have been all along. Um, but yeah, the next one I wanted to just touch on was uh, Inigo Ruiz de Gallaretta, who was player of light for a long time. D- do you think?
0: Yeah. To be fair, you did mention that as a signing you really liked in the summer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. How how big um, a difference do you think he's made? Because yeah, I've I've my own opinion, but I just wanted to. Yeah. What do you reckon?
0: No. I, I- I think it's another um, solution to to like like the Nyaki thing in Guruseta, The fact that Athletic Club do are kind of limited in, in the the players they can sign and they can they can target and. It 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 limits how they're able to play. So someone like the Gallareta coming in, it gives them like we were saying at the start. They're they're abrasive, they're aggressive, but at the same time, they they're they're well able to play the ball on the ground and 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 pass it through the middle if they if they need to. So I think that it it makes them that so much more difficult to beat. So you've got the like we were saying about the Athletic Club or third for both xg and xg against so defensively rock solid brilliant but now they're actually able to create much better and when you add Oyan sanset who's starting to come of age as well into the middle of the field there you take out Munye- so you take out Munyain and you add the williams brothers on either side guru who is just a, a really associative player who also contributes. Um, plenty as well in, in attack but is more of an associative player just all the elements start to make a lot more sense they can beat you in different ways while maintaining their their essence which is high pressing aggression and i think that it's taken an ernesto valverde a minute to figure that out and to, to get the right players and to get the Get the, obviously sign De Gallaretta, but now that he has them, I think that they they looked as good as they have in, 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 a, in a good few years.
1: Yeah, it feels like they've done two things at once in terms of finding the solutions in the final third and now being able to count on a midfield with, with technical quality and precision that they've not had for a long time um sunset and ruiz galaretto obviously top top technical players um and and they connect midfield and attack in a way that you you probably have to go back quite a while to to figure out when that was but it's certainly as good as it's been for for quite some time so
0: i was just comparing the the expected goals and expected assists from from this year to, to last year and we're just talking about totals here now at the moment. So, like, you look at last season, Yaki Williams, it, this is in La Liga, Inaki Williams led all Athletic Bilbao players with 14.82 expected goals and expected assists. We're only halfway through the season, and he's already almost at 10 expected goals and expected assists, so he's going to uh, top last season's numbers uh, easily. Then you've got Gorka Guruseta this season who's got nine point two three. That's up massively from last year. Sorry, he only had seven point three one last season. And uh, I mean he's gonna he's gonna beat that. You've got Nico, Oyen Sanset, all these guys contributing. The numbers are just elevated massively across the board, and we're still only halfway through the season. Um and then when you actually look at the minutes played, which is g- going going back the way, looking at the defence, when you look at the top minutes played last season, you had Inyaki Williams, Oscar De Marcos, Unai Simon, Nico, Mikel Vesca, oyen Sanced, and you have to go down to 8th and ninth on the list to find the first central defenders. When you look at the top three this season, immediately you've got Unai Simon, Danny Vivian and Aitor Paredes, and I know that you've been bigging up the that centre back partnership on our social media channels, and and I think that that's aside from how well they're playing, that consistency can only help with with, with everything that you're trying to do going forward and also defending.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, those two. Uh, the they played the most minutes together of any centre-back partnership in La Liga this season. So that's goes for centre-back pairs and back threes. Um, and I think it was, they've used that partnership in 90% of their games, which was clearly the the highest of any side as well. So they've just got really good continuity there and they have surprised me a bit. I've always been high on Danny Vivian. I thought eventually would cement himself as a, you know, a genuine sort of top five, five, six centre-back in La Liga uh, in in time. But we watched Paredes yes. in uh, the, the under-21 years in the summer and I have to say I wasn't that enamoured with him. So I, I've been surprised to see his level uh, so far this season. Did you think he was going to... Well, I guess that's
0: an entirely different setting. A Spain setup is very different to what Athletic Club tried to do and, and and need you to do. So, yeah, and and again, it's, it's kind of back to. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna talk with this with Barcelona right now. Like, you you can't just pluck. I find it very hard to just pluck uh, a player out of the system and say, oh, he's he's um, he, he's a kind of pigeonhole him, I guess, because. When you've got a team that's extremely well coached, like Athletic Club currently are, and, and I think that's one thing that stands out when you watch them—they're so well coached, uh, the consistency in the minutes. Yeah, so so I think that it's hard to kind of separate that out. And Paredes in a Spanish national team setup is going to look a lot different to Paredes in Athletic Club setup.
1: Yeah, I, I wrote about Vivian this week actually for for Football España, so you, you can check that out if you if you want. Uh, A bit more info on this one, but he's, um, like I said, we're going to move on to Barcelona next, but I think Athletic do something really well that Barcelona need to do, but they they haven't shown they can do it, which is when they move forward to press, all the lines of the team are there right behind, backing up. So you you see Vivian and Paredes, they're, they're, they're up there at the halfway line, defending all the time and squeezing teams and Real Sociedad were another team who went to San Mamez and just kind of got split in two as a team. You can't really play out against them. They're that good at it, especially at San Mamez. So, you have to go long to some extent and then that's where Vivian especially is one of the quickest defenders, quickest centre-backs across the ground in La Liga comfortably. Probably probably only Araujo and Rudiger you would take ahead of him. Um yeah, he's, he's unbelievable at just mopping up, and he's he's top for possession recoveries by centre backs in La Liga this season. Um, so, so yeah, it's it's kind of pick your poison. Do you want to get chewed up by the the press from the front with everybody backing up, or do you want to get into a foot race with with a? Uh, danny vivian so yeah maybe maybe put it down Paredes, is his side
0: <laughs> yeah i read i read the article and that's basically what you said it's kind of like no no team wants to go to with you in, in the aggression stakes so they maybe try to pass it over the top but they the athletic club don't allow for that either so yeah and and i i just think um finally they they get the the, the the pitch, their 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 tone is just perfect in terms of their aggression. They're not like like when you, when you watch Real Sociedad. I felt in the Bass derby, they got caught up in the whole moment, and there were Mikel Moreno was kind of doing a lot of fouling, and and there was uh, whereas Athletic Club were just. Cam all the time they're Cam and that's like it reminds me of katafe but without the histrionics so there's no there's no there's no nonsense but at the same time they've got this edge to them that you you're watching on this this is a team that's just right on the they're just right on the line and they know exactly how to play this and, and talking about speed and covering ground one, one player we want to touch on is uh, Nico Williams. Who obviously broke onto the scene last season, and he played two thousand six hundred seventy-three minutes. He had nine expected goals and assists, where basically even four point eight seven expected goals, four point one three expected assists. This season, he's only played one thousand three hundred twenty-nine minutes. So far, obviously, we're only halfway through the season, and he's already on eight point eight three expected goals and expected assists. And he, I thought, was just incredible against Real Sociedad again. In in terms of his his closing speed, in terms of um yeah, give give an athletic club another option in, in the absence of his brother Inyaki, and just a, a re, another player is coming of age along with uh, Oyen Sansejo. I said earlier.
1: Yeah, his um his progression's been surprisingly good this season. He, he's he's moving very quickly now into becoming probably one of the top wingers in European football, at least um, in his age bracket of sort of, you know, 21, 22, 23. Um, and yeah, poor, poor Audrey Soler, man, coming into this game with, with such an awful injury record. They put him up against Nico Williams, and yeah, he's he's done within sort of 15, 20 minutes, whatever it was, just trying to stay on uh, Williams's case. Um, for what it's worth, I don't think that's that's a, a terrible decision by Algo Seal by any means. Audrey Solo is your quickest right-back in the absence of Amari Traore. But yeah, we, that was a pretty emphatic uh, dispatching of Audrey Solo, unfortunately, um, who left the pitch in tears uh, and you, you felt really bad for him. But yeah, Williams, the there's just an unbelievable pace to to everything he does with, with and without the ball. Very willing runner, presses so well, making runs inside across the centre-backs, which just caused confusion, like I said. Um, and yeah, what what Barcelona would give to be able to afford a winger like Nico Williams at the moment, somebody who's just totally self-sufficient and is is just plugged in in, in, in every single aspect of the game. Um, yeah, let him run loose in, in the Bass derby and he's just, uh, it was just a, a beastly performance.
0: I don't think um, uh, Alvaro Audrey Sola needs to feel too bad because he's not the only right back who's Nico Williams is going to turn into mulch this season. And I actually tore my hamstring watching Nico and watching him chasing Nico Williams the other day. But yeah, his his 3.4... Successful take ons per ninety this season is is up from two point nine, which are which are pretty high numbers anyway. But but to 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 keep on building on that is just incredible. And I think it also speaks to how hard they are to attack against because you're constantly having to watch for Nico Williams on the break, and it makes it just cripples your whole attack when you watched after Audrey Asolo went off Athletic Club basically, and even even when when he was playing. They, they had nothing on the wing because on that right hand side because they were just so worried about nico williams attacking that they couldn't commit bodies forward and yeah i think that ernesto Valverde just has the has the has his tactics spot on he's got uh, a nice mixture of, of players uh, and under Herrera coming off the bench and you watch him at the, in the bass derby and and on the sideline he's talking to the players almost like he's a coach and i was just thinking he's going to be really he's, probably going to be a really good coach when he when he when he hangs up his boots and I, the kind of player who's just happy to contribute to the team and um, you got you got e- even the likes of Munyane coming on and some of the younger guys too who played who played a couple of hundred minutes um Benyat Prados and, and, and players like that so yeah I just think that they've got everything seems to be just gelling perfectly for them at the moment and uh, they're they're oh yeah, sorry, so we didn't actually ask, do you think they're going to make top four then? Well, let's let's finish it off with an old prediction.
1: Oof. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I, I find it hard to see anybody really going to San Mames and, and getting a, a positive result at the moment. Obviously Real Madrid are the only team that won there uh, on the opening day of the season. Um, yeah, it'll just be about injuries. I think if they can keep, the front four together, especially Williams, brothers, Sanset, and Gurose. I think they can finish top four. Um, but yeah, it'll depend a lot on what happens with Atletico. I think they're they're in a bit of a funk now, and we'll, we'll see how they can correct themselves. But yeah, one thing's for sure with with Atletico and Girona in the mix this season, the top sort of five, six positions uh, are at a really high level this season.
0: Yeah, I think it is between the top five that are currently there. The top three, obviously, Athletic, Go Madrid, Barcelona, and Real Madrid. And then Girona and and the and Athletic Club, the two kind of teams trying to break into that uh, top four. I think they will. I and I think they will mainly because, like I said, I, I think they're playing really well. And it just feels like everything is. Every, he's got. He's got a, a good squad there. Uh, the Williams brothers don't get injured, the and he's he's got enough talent now in the middle, like we said with De Gallareta and and Sunset to, to to really kind of beat you in different ways. But also because I'm just not convinced by either Atletico Madrid or Barcelona, and I don't I don't not entirely sure that they're going to sustain uh, the the kind of level that's going to. Uh, beat them to the beat athletic club to the top four so yeah i've got the up to predictions i'm not going to start reading out the numbers here but basically uh, the after predictions i'm going to post them on twitter and we give them a sl- uh, just under 50 percent chance of make pl- finishing somewhere inside the top four so i'll post that after we we record this and, and you can have a look at that yourselves and all the different numbers so now moving on to barcelona they have hit rock bottom again under Xavi or is is uh, where does this end Jamie <laughs> well
1: if if we're basing it on how many times they've had team meetings to try and clear the air i think we're probably onto about the third third or fourth now which would suggest this is a pretty low moment um of course they of course they got dispatched in the clasico and the super cup which adds another layer of, of panic on top, whether you like it or not. Um, but yeah, I, I asked the question in the document, what, what is your faith level in Xavi looking like at the moment? And for me, I I, I just describe it as underwhelming. Um, yeah. And the worst thing is, I feel like I watch the games and then I listen to him speak after. And I, I always come out of it feeling worse after having listened to him speak, which we can have, you know, yeah, it's it's hard for a manager to speak, a lot harder than uh, for us to sit on a podcast and, and criticise a team because we don't have many repercussions about what we say. But just some of the things and the messaging just feels really off for me, which is making me feel pretty pessimistic at the moment. What about you?
0: A hundred percent, yeah. And and, there, and one of the reasons why my faith levels aren't high is because at the end of the day, you look at the size of this job, and I know that Javi played with Barcelona, one of the best players that ever played for the club. He, he never managed a top team before. So and and playing and managing is, is so completely different. And while he's capable of speaking to the press and, and, and he 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 knows obviously that whole environment he, he, he doesn't seem to be able to come up with a solution here. And, 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 and I, I do understand, and, and you actually just quote tweeted on our Twitter, I uh, quote Samuel Marsden from ESPN was saying about um, uh, uh, Javi's press conference about Gabby missing and he's the heart of the team and I don't want to make excuses, but it's the reality. I do think he has a point there and I, I I don't think it would be fair to just kind of dismiss that. Ter Stegen, is, uh, his absence is massive. That first goal against Real Madrid, it I don't think it happens. It certainly doesn't happen in the way that it did happen if Ter Stegen is playing because I think Ter Stegen comes off his line quicker. And I think Gabi's absence is huge. and, and it, But I just wonder, like, about Barcelona's project in general. And uh, so, in terms of the Spanish Super Cup, I think Barcelona had, had more to lose playing that than they did to win. Because if they if they lose crisis, which we're currently looking at, if they win, it's like, oh, yeah, well done. Like, it's just a, a Mickey Mouse Cup in, in Saudi Arabia. Real Madrid have already won this, that, and the other. They, they didn't even really care. And there, uh, you know what I mean. It's it's kind of I I feel like Barcelona just had a lot more to lose than than they did to win in that game, and 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 I also wonder um about the signings and the you you were talking about the all the different team meetings and the report in the, on ESPN saying that Bar-, Bar Javi is fighting for to keep the dressing room. Lewandowski's level has been off now all season. And, and if you actually watch him, like, just watch h- him during a game and look at his body language. He's he's constantly trying to direct things. He's putting his arms up in the air when, when, when things don't go his way. He's just walking around the place. I just think his whole body language just... He, he looks like a kind of player who doesn't particularly... Uh, not that he doesn't want to be there, but he, he just... It's, it's not happening the way he wants it. To, he's not, Barcelona aren't playing the way that he wants them to play and the players aren't able to find him to where, in the areas where he wants to be found. And I just think that that's a, a, a massive worry and it's one of the areas that I would change. We, we, we're going to talk about that now, but that's something that I would change immediately and I think that's what Javi has to do because if he's going to go down anyway, he needs to go down on his terms and that means dropping Robert Lewandowski.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it would be hard to make the case against keeping him in, uh, emphatically because you watch him and he he genuinely looks like one of the easiest strikers to play against in La Liga, in terms of the the overall threat that he poses. He's he's dropping off a lot. He's he's not a threat to run beyond you. I, f- I feel like because the team aren't generating an overwhelming amount of chances and he's not able to just kind of wait in the box and 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 um you know make his impact there because he knows the service is coming he, he starts going wandering he drops out the front line and he occupies this, these midfield positions and it rarely ever translates into into a positive for the team you, you never see him drop off you know sort of spin take a guy on or a, a thread a through ball so it's like what what advantages are you actually creating by by dropping off all the time you could probably i mean th- this is a problem can can xavi tell lewandowski not to involve himself and just occupy the center backs and do do the unseen work because it it doesn't feel like it and and that's a problem because if you drop him it becomes a massive news story that's one thing xavi has to manage
0: but surely xavi uh, as as the player who he is has that power uh, sorry, Xavi, as the player that he was, the, the legendary status that he holds as a player, surely he has that. It's like Zinedine Zidane coming back to Real Madrid. It's not. It's, it's it's not even really about tactics. It's about him being this personality that that can do that and get away with it. Like if you're Rafa Benitez coming into Real Madrid and you drop, okay, not Ronaldo, but if you drop Benzema for some kid, and you're like. What does he know? But if you're Zidane and you're like, no, I'm going to do this. Surely Xavi can, can do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you would, you would think so. It's, um, it's just one of those decisions where once you drop him and relegate his role, given the age it's at, it's, it's probably kind of over yeah. for him at Barcelona. So it's like...
0: Yeah, I do get that.
1: Do you, yeah, it, it's, it's a really tough call. I mean, just watching them, let, let's just say as a fan watching them, I would like to see the team without Lewandowski because I think they can they can um they can be more creative find better source of creation by being a less predictable team let's say you play Vitor Roque up front and bring his his youth and his, his movement into the mix rather than Lewandowski where if the team is not creating and functioning as it hasn't been he's he's not one of the best strikers in Europe in in that scenario he's he looks like a placeholder at times, and obviously he scored in the Super Cup final, but the performance is not really different from from any of the other games. So it's probably the biggest thing for Xavi, I would say. Now, do do you stick with him, or do you make the call to, to you know to opt for somebody else?
0: Yeah, and and I do get that point about if you do drop him, how 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 comfortable is he going to be coming off the bench? Do you want him doing that for for fifteen minutes if he's not really going to be doing anything anyway, and he's he's kind of just mailing it in? But it would help, and this is this is one of the issues that that basically all, all the analysis of Barcelona focuses on on well a couple of things one is their in possession stuff that they they they're rushing it too much so so when you watch them against real madrid whenever they they built up slowly and got a chance to get bodies in and around the ball where they could press they they actually caused real madrid problems and they were able to press because they were the, the build up was slow methodical they they held the ball they they squeezed real madrid back they pushed them back they pushed them back, they pushed them back. then Someone like Gundogan would, would make a pass into the box. They'd lose it, and they were all around the ball, so they could press and they could cause problems or force Real Madrid long. Real Barcelona win it back, rinse and repeat. But they're, they they're not patient enough. They're, they're it's a they're a team that looks like it's they're completely they're just nervous on the ball, which is something that if you had said that a, a Javi coach team was going to look like this, you 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 wouldn't believe it because of how jabby was as a player, how he interpreted the game, and how it, it, the importance he gives to controlling the, the game and, and being comfortable under pressure. So so there's th- that in possession stuff. But but out of possession is, is where a lot of the focus is on. They can't they can't press properly. They're 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 so disjointed. They there was one stage um where Real Madrid were passing out from the back and Gundogan and Pedri both ran to Cruz like as if it was programmed into their head to go to Cruz and Bellingham just dropped in between the lines and picked the ball up and I was like this, it, um, this it, it's not making any sense here and and that is both on the players for to know what they need to do but secondly that's coaching at the end of the day and 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 this is why a lot of people are starting to lose faith in xavi i feel like because they they have no pressing strategy and 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 the reason why i feel like dropping Lewandowski for for even a player like mark uh, guay or victor roca is because it's a net positive in terms of you get so much more energy in attack and and I, I i just feel like there's 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 no energy whatsoever like we were saying about athletic bilbao when you watch athletic bilbao the, the 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 pitch looks so condensed when 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 the opposition is on the ball it feels like there's it's it's asphyxiating whereas you watch real madrid and barcelona and real madrid's entire backline had um had loads of time on the ball there was players popping up Fede Valverde... now that's Real Madrid being really good too and knowing they've got loads of players who are capable of taking the ball under pressure. But it's just... The the, the, the out-of-possession stuff for Barcelona just doesn't make any sense at the moment and it's certainly not working.
1: Yeah, the, the Super Cup final, it's, it felt like they signed themselves up for a game that they couldn't sustain, is probably how I would say it. As in, they... They just don't have the profiles at the moment to, to press fully, especially if they're not being drilled to within an inch by the coach. Um, and yeah, the, the goals that they concede in that game from, from lack of pressure on the ball is just they're pretty embarrassing. I mean, the one where Rodrigo breaks free and, and squares it to Vinicius where there's just no pressure on the ball and they're also way up on the halfway line is just... Xavi said it himself he said we didn't minimize the strengths of the opponent we actually maximized them which reflects very badly on on him so i wonder how much of it for for Xavi is he was speaking before the game saying you know he was referencing Johan Cruyff and, and DNA directly it was like do, do they feel that they they have to play this way because he needs to uphold that image or would it be to his credit to actually drop off and show a different look you know nobody nobody's gonna you know you know this is what real madrid do they they, they drop off in clasicos they they look for to open up space on counters would it be the worst thing in the world for xavi to to say okay maybe maybe we don't have the pieces to to fully disrupt real madrid today and we're going to sit off and not give vinicius and rodrigo the space to hurt us you know i feel like it's it's easy to say from here but yeah. You know, there comes yeah. a point where you have to consider it.
0: No, no, and, and I was watching that Real Madrid game the other day, the, the Clásico, the Super Cup final, and I was thinking that, that Barcelona have become just slaves to their ideology and how lucky Real Madrid are that they their ideology is we win and it doesn't matter how we do it. It, it just depends on the profiles that we currently have in the team. And I, and I understand that Barcelona's 4 the the church of johan cruyff is 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 built on on specific roles it makes it easier then to 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 target players you know what you're looking for but at the same time i was just thinking about the right back situation and was something that they haven't fixed since since obviously danny alba's left and they bought serginio dest who didn't work And then they brought in Joe Cancelo who doesn't work because the game has changed and it needs to be slightly more defensive. And it's, it's, that's a whole big mess. So there's this kind of, in, in terms of like the behavioral economics, there's the, the rational actor model or the, 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 that people are rational, but there's all these biases and you keep coming up with these new biases and these new biases. Maybe it's, Maybe they're not biases. Maybe we have the wrong model. Basically, is is the whole idea, and I think that this is the case of Barcelona in that they don't have a defensive midfielder now, and they're 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 both trying to play in a, a game where where. They're protecting the midfield, and this is why Frankie De Jong is his his wings have been clipped. Gundogan couldn't get forward as much because him and De Jong were kind of sitting back trying to protect against that ball. So they're they're kind of in no man's land here at the moment. And I just think that, yeah, watching it, listening to Javi, and l- l- like you said there, about his quote, we didn't minimise their their strengths. We actually maximised them, and it genuinely looked like that in that uh, a high line against against Vinicius Rodrigo and Bellingham running into that space. And it looked like, yeah, Real Madrid, just they had their way of it, really.
1: Yeah, and um, another thing I I wanted to say, and I I don't really hear his name mentioned when we talk about Barcelona's drop-off this season. You (laughs) you might think the same, you might think it's ridiculous, but I, I genuinely think the loss of Dembele has really made life hard for Chavi because he he's he was the only self-sufficient winger that Barcelona had where you could play the ball to him and he'd set off on a dribble and the opposition would be on their heels and he would change the dynamics of the game. We know a lot of the time it never materialised, but you watch them now and the ball goes wide. Whether it's, whether it's Balde, Ferran, Rafinha... They don't put defences on their heels. There was a moment in the, the Super Cup final where Ferran eventually said, well, I think mentally he just said, I'm, I'm guessing I'm going to have to try to go up for Lan like Mendy now, so I'll try beat him on the outside. And it was just so half-hearted. It was like he knew he was never going to beat Mendy. And he was like, well, I guess I had to try one. But, <laughs> you know, this is Pep Guardiola said, you know, the other day, the final third is not tactics. The final third is talent. And if you want to fight for titles and you don't have wingers that can actually generate off the dribble without combining, I think it's just really difficult now.
0: And, and, and like, and like I, I completely agree. So why not? If Xavi is going down, which, are, which these things, things are spiraling here pretty quickly. If you're going down, why play Sergio Roberto? And Lewandowski and Ferran Torres in a game where y- you y- you end up losing four one anyway. Like why not play Lamina Mal? Um, obviously Rafinha was injured, but like uh, uh, play Vitor Rocky and. I had a little bit of unpredictability like yeah we we used to we used to watch Dembélé at Barcelona and okay they might be mightn't be playing very well they might be losing maybe 1-0 or drawing one all and you're just waiting you're like this is it's just he's he's going to launch a ball into the box take someone on beat someone and 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 liable to do anything whereas yeah you're right when 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 you watch barcelona now you're you're it's so slow and methodical and then you've got Lewandowski dropping off trying to kind of pick up the ball i just yeah i'd just be worried about barcelona and um yeah on the the point about the Players not being comfortable on the ball. Inaki Pena has two point seven six launches per ninety, compared to Ter Stegen zero point seven six. There was one instance after thirty five minutes of the game, Real Madrid leading two one. The ball goes into Jude Bellingham, miles over his head. He's not not getting it. He just kind of chases it down half heartedly. Inaki Pena just absolutely launches it back up the field, gives it back to Real Madrid. When Real Madrid actually, when Barcelona had an advantage six versus three players in that again Pena isn't the starter he's not probably he probably didn't want to make a mistake that's fine but that's coaching and I think that Javi is is starting to run out of um, run out of uh, credit all the all the credit that he had built up as a player and obviously that's never going to go away as a player but as a coach it's 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 starting to there's there's too many kind of ticks against his name at this stage
1: yeah it's um obviously i don't i don't want to say the Chavi thing is over by any means but we'll see what happens and there's also there's also does the club even have the finances to get rid of him and bring in anyone anybody else that would drastically change the situation i'm not sure but yeah for me you know, growing up watching Spanish football, Chavez, you know, is an absolute legend. And I, I don't think you have to be a a Barcelona fan to, to want this to, to go well because you know, we rightly or wrongly we probably held up Chavez, you know, the, the second coming of Pep Guardiola, the guy who grew up in that stadium camp now, understands all the dynamics and it's yeah, it, if it turns out that this, this ends, it's it's kinda like you know, when you're a kid and you find out Santa's not real, that, that Chavi is not the chosen one. So I, I don't want to check out, but the, the, the big word is, is underwhelming for the moment.
0: Yeah, and that's not to say he won't go on and be a successful manager elsewhere. I think maybe Barcelona, given their situation with their financial situation, like I was saying, that they're 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 locked into this ideology where you have to play a certain way, and especially Xavi coming in and being billed as the second Guardiola, and 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 the the, the academy kid coming back to fix the club and it's just so hard but he probably did need a bridge an intermediate step on the way here to barcelona because he hadn't he hadn't coached in europe at all and he just comes in and takes over barcelona that's i mean it's it's a it's a borderline impossible job for for the best coach in the world and for someone who hasn't coached at at that level it's it's even even harder so yeah we're gonna leave it there for now um on on this week's episode of the pod next week we're going to be talking about Villarreal and Sevilla Sevilla got a win in the Cup of Rey the other day and have made a couple of signings that we want to kind of dig into Villarreal are struggling too but um yeah we're gonna we're gonna leave it here and we'll, we'll talk to you next week for 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 that episode